Hi, my name is Victor, and welcome to the Spring Break edition of the USC Christian Challenge podcast. Are you currently dating, or do you plan to date someday? Or are you maybe just confused about dating? Well, wherever you find yourself, Jeremy and Katie Walker want to help you. With years of dating and marriage underneath their belts, they are here to share some principles and tips that will set you up for success in your dating life so that you can thrive rather than dive. As you all know, uh, we're talking about the topic of dating. And uh, this is my wife, Katie. For those of you guys, some of you guys don't know me either, but if you don't know me, I'm Jeremy Walker. I'm on staff with Christian Challenge at USC. For those of you non-SC students, um, and my wife, Katie, is also on staff. And so uh, she's going to give, before we dive into some stuff, she's going to give a little bit of background, just some of our you know, stories. So you kind of know some of where we're coming from on dating and uh Essentially, you know, I guess that's our, what is our, our list of credentials, so to speak. So uh, we've been dating, you know, as she'll speak to a little uh, about as long as most of you've been alive. Um, and so not that we're experts on it, but we've we've seen a thing or two and um, both in our own dating relationship and then in a lot of other relationships as we've been in college ministry and just watched and observed people's lives. Um, so the way we kind of want to break down sort of the the flow of today, just so you're, as you're taking notes, we don't have a handout for you, but if you're taking notes, the kind of breakdown is talking a little bit about, you know, um, before you date, some things to be thinking about, and then like, you know, beginning to date. And then, uh, when you are dating on kind of how to date and our goal is to kind of wrap up what we're sharing by a little over halfway through our time. So that gives, um, time for Q and a, cause there's probably a lot of things. Maybe the reason why you came here is like, I have a question or two and, that's really the main thing on your mind, which I get. Maybe some of what we share actually addresses some of that, but if not, you know, um, or if things we share prompt questions, write those down and then we'll try to have time to, to speak to those as well. Um, so why don't you share a little bit first, Katie? Okay, so um, we met in 2004. Like Jeremy said, you guys were all like toddlers, babies. And um, Jeremy was a freshman, I was a sophomore. To rewind and give you, to give you guys um, just some context for where I was at. So um, I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was about 14, but was really just flailing as a Christian in high school, made a lot of really dumb choices, um, really put my identity in um, how I got the attention of guys or in being cool. Um, some would say sports because some consider golf a sport. Um, and so I really struggled with that. And then I think really my, the summer before my senior year, I really surrendered to, to Christ's Lord, especially that area of my life, but every area. Um, and so my senior year and then my freshman year, there was just a lot that God was teaching me. And there's a lot of healing that I think needed to happen. And um, not that I wasn't still in, pro- in process after that, but... So when I first came to OU, I was just still a spiritual baby, I think, and I had some baggage. And um, But God used my freshman year. God used the ministry I was a part of, a lot of the close friends that I had, um, and just getting more regular time in the Word, learning to apply it to my life, just to kind of dig up some of those wounds that had festered and really not um, been addressed. And um, so... All that to say, maybe you guys can relate to that. Maybe um, you have some baggage from the past. And 
um, as, as uh, Black Widow says, maybe you have some red in your ledger. Um, <laughs> and so as it relates to physical stuff, especially, you know, if you, you may not be able to get your virginity back, but you can get back your self-control. You can get back, um, you can have forgiveness and you can have a fresh start. So just to encourage you um, on that. So when we met, I was a sophomore. I was beginning to have more, um, I had regular community friends, same-sex friends that I was um, close to and was sharing with. And um, Jeremy, when we, we were hanging out as, as friends, I had no clue that he liked me because he didn't flirt with me, which I really respected. He didn't flirt with other girls. And um, that was a win for me. Um, keep it close to the chest, you know. Yeah, keep your close to the chest. And he, um, when he, he asked me out December of a uh, sophomore year or 2004, and we went on a couple of dates and then just took the break to pray about it, see if this was something that um, God was in, that we should continue. And we came it was back. Christmas break, so it was a yeah. natural break. Yeah. It was a natural break. And then um, came back and I felt like I had clearance from God if he was to ask me to be his girlfriend. And he did. And so we um, were dating exclusively at that point. And... Um, so we dated for four and a half years, and then we got married a year out of graduating from college. And now 17 years later, now we have three kids and a mortgage, and we're still dating. So <laughs> we still, still get to practice that, and it's, it's really been a blast, and um, dating is a lot of fun. So yeah. that's our story for dating. Yeah, that's fun. Um, December 4th, 2004, that was our very first date, and so we... Uh, yeah, coming up 18 years now. Yeah. Um, so one of the things kind of in the talking about sort of before you date, some things to be thinking about, and this is really something that to be thinking about even if you are dating, if you're like, well, I'm already dating. Okay, well, these are still things to be thinking about. Um, what I've noticed, whether it be in our relationship or in friends that we had in college or just people we've uh, worked with over the years, uh, these, there's some areas that if particularly some questions I want to give you like six questions that it's a good idea to have a good answer to these questions. Um, going into dating, it'll make dating a lot more fruitful and with much better memories than regrets. Um, and, and then it's important not only have an answer to these questions, but to really be making choices based on the answers to these questions. Um, and so the first question is, you know, having settled in your mind, who is your master? Who is your master? Um, if you're a follower of Jesus, the answer should be pretty clear that uh, it's it's the Lord Jesus. And so he's the one that you're really living for. He's the one that's calling the shots in your life. You know, a Christian is not someone that's just forgiven, um, although you are forgiven. A Christian is someone that decided, not only do I need to be forgiven, but I am entrusting my life over to the control of someone else, and that being Jesus now. And so really, he runs the shots in my life. He's the one that guides me, and he's the one most equipped to do so. Um and each of these questions, when you have a clear answer to them, a lot of other sub-questions you have down the line in dating, they kind of answer themselves. You know, you're like, well, in light of that, of course, da-da-da-da-da. Um, so that's the first one. You know, who's your master? And see, if you don't settle that before you're dating, it's very easy to slip whoever that cutie is into the master role. And so uh, it's a good idea to have that really settled and that you're living out of that. Um, the second big question is, you know, what's your mission? Um, what's your mission? Uh, and really, again, as a follower of Jesus, while each of your lives are going to look very different in the context of 
all that you're doing and profession and all that other stuff. Uh, one common mission that God really has for everyone that's a follower of his is that they would be a disciple of Jesus and that they would be in the process of making disciples of Jesus. Um, that's really something he's called every single Christian too. That may look different whether you're, you know, how that plays out in a, whether you're a guy or girl or this profession or that profession or this country or that country, but essentially that you're all, as followers of Jesus, called to be a disciple of Jesus and to make disciples of Jesus. And so that really does inform a lot of things too and what you're looking for down the road. And honestly, for, you know, as a guy, when I'm asking a girl out and, you know, a girl, as much as they like, you know, at being the center of attention at first, eventually, I mean, they, they don't want to be the adventure. They want to be taken on an adventure. And so if you have no idea where you're headed, it's like, hey, you want to date me? Where are we going? I have no idea. You know, and it's like, well, you know, I mean, again, you don't have to be crystal clear. And this is where I'm, my five-year plan, da-da-da-da. But that you just kind of know, man, whether I'm dating you or whether I'm not dating you or whatever I'm doing, I'm going to be about being a disciple of Jesus and making disciples of Jesus. And that's where I'm headed. You want to come along? Kind of thing. And um, and then the third big question that I think is helpful is have it settled before you kind of date is, do you have some good same-sex friends? Uh, do you really have some good same-sex friends? Guys, do you have some really good guy friends? Girls, do you have some really good girlfriends? And I think that's important because, again, um, if you don't have some of these things kind of already, not that they're perfect, but established in your life, it's hard to work it into your life once you start dating. And it's really helpful to have that before dating so that you have some, some good peers that you have extra eyes, you know, whether it's, you know, people your own age or mentors that can kind of look into your dating relationship and have a little bit more of an unbiased opinion to, um, you have some soundboard to speak off of. And you just have people to spur you on. Um, and you're not just kind of an island, you know, everyone has that friend. They're like, Hey, where'd so-and-so go? Oh, they started dating. You know, I never see them. You know, it's like, and so, and then they show up, you know, a year later because they broke up and they have no friends. You don't want to be in a position like that. So, you know, have some established good friendships before. Um, and I think the fourth question is, do you know what the purpose of dating is? Like, is that kind of um, clear in your mind? You know what the purpose of dating is? Because, again, that also informs some of the other things you talk about, of like who you date and all that other kind of stuff. And really, I mean, boiled down, one of the things to think about is the purpose of dating is, to ultimately prepare for marriage, you know? I mean, statistically, everyone marries someone they date unless it's an arranged marriage, which if you're all for that, hey, you know, that might be, you know, that might work out. We might do that with our kids, actually. Um, no, uh, the more and more I see what's out there, I think we'll pick. Um, uh, but uh, so, you know, it's a good idea to kind of figure out. Now, again, is this, is the first date seventh game of the World Series? You know, it's like, I better be ready to propose? No. But there ought to not be like severe red flags at the beginning of dating. You're like, oh, that could never continue to go on if we're going to get married. Well, then why are you even asking them out? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, you, um, so be thinking about, well, what's the purpose of dating? Well, it's to really prepare, uh, sharpen me. It's a training ground for sharpen me as a guy. It's a training ground to sharpen her as a girl, both in our own walks with God, but ultimately also in the midst of that to prepare us for marriage. Not that you will necessarily marry the first person you date, but that is kind of the end goal. It's, uh, it ought to be anyway. It's more than just, I'm bored on a Friday night, I need a date, you know, kind of thing. Um, and then the fifth question being, what kind of person are you looking to date? You know, what are the qualities? Um, 
And it ought to be more than just, she likes me and I find her attractive. You know, I mean, that's a good starting spot. Um, and by the way, the physical attraction thing, you know, is it, is it the most central thing in the world? No, because eventually looks will begin to fade. But is it an important thing? Yeah, I think so. Particularly even more so for guys, because I mean, uh, guys are just a lot more visual. And so some guys think, is that a shallow thing that I really need to be attracted to? I think, no, not at all. Like you ought to be attracted to whoever you're asking on a date, you know? And plus no girl wants to be dating a guy that the guy goes, you're hard to look at, but you have a really nice personality. I mean, like, no, you know, no guy wants to, no girl wants to be thought, they're like, thanks, but I'll wait for the next guy, you know I mean? So, and I think vice versa with, with girls and guys too. But is it the most central thing? No, absolutely not. But I mean, some of the other qualities, you know, that I was uh, looking for when I was looking to date too, is like, one, are they attractive? But, you know, are they, are they smart? You know, I, I mean, I don't want to just date a body. I want someone who's got some intelligence, you know, um, you know, are, are they funny? Are they, and what, are they a hard worker? You know, do they have a, are they developing a sense of perseverance? Cause there's a lot in life guys, like more and more, I'm realizing how important the quality of perseverance is in life. You know, some of the people that just keep on going forward are not because they're the best at it. They're just ones that haven't stopped. You know, there's a lot of people just give up on stuff. Um, you know, do they, and then do they really have, you know, are they, is, is, was she hospitable? Like, does she have that, you know, welcomingness with people in her life? And then ultimately, does she really have a heart for God? You know, do, one of the things that really attracted me to Katie as I got to know her more and more was I was convinced she was going to walk with God and make disciples, whether she was dating me or not. And so I was like, well, I want to be, you know, along for the ride. You know, I wasn't one to date someone. I was like, I'll walk with God or prioritize that as long. Cause I was set on that. I was going to walk with God, but I didn't want to date someone that was like, to the extent that you do it, I'll do it. But otherwise I'm not interested. I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> you know? Um, so one of the, really ultimately one of the things you're looking for there is do they have a lot of the same set of values? Um, and, and are they heading in the same direction? Um, you know, second Corinthians six, 14 through 15 says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what does righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Um, so really what, I mean, he's saying really in no uncertain terms is you, you, you want to be yoked up with someone who um, is a believer. If you are a believer, you know, now, if you don't know what a yoke is, we're not talking about the center of an egg, you know, but the, a yoke really is, it's what they put on like cattle and they would kind of put them in there and they'd pull a sled forward. And so you could not go a different direction than the person that you're yoked up with, you know, or the animal that you're yoked up with. And the idea here is, you know, you are going to be headed in a similar direction as someone you kind of link up with and you're yoked together. And so to be a Christian and a non-Christian with two separate set of values going two different directions, that doesn't work very well to be yoked together. So that's why Paul says here in St. Corinthians, do not be unequally yoked. Don't be yoked together. You know, if you're a believer, don't be yoked with a non-believer. Um, and so, because again, the goal, as you guys know in dating, the goal in dating is that over time, you're growing closer together, right? And at least that ought to be one of the goals. And so if you're growing closer together, but you have a different set of values and going a different direction, it's, that's pretty hard. One of two things is going to be true. You're going to grow closer together. And one of you guys is going to deviate from your set of values and direction, or one of you 
it, or it's going to end in breakup because you guys are both going different directions anyway. So, well, now if you if you're in this room, by the way, and you're not a believer, like let me let me get in your corner for a second because honestly, let me save you some trouble. Don't date a believer. Like it's it's uh, they have an agenda, you know, and <laughs> it's not a good idea. Um, one of three things is going to be true if you're a non-Christian and you're dating a believer. They either um, are going to try to change you into becoming a Christian, which, again, don't get me wrong, becoming a Christian is awesome. You ought to become a Christian. <laughs> but um, you ought to do it on your timetable. And when you've decided you want to follow Jesus, not because someone you're dating is pressuring you to do so. That's one, option number one. Option number two is um, they know they shouldn't be also dating a, Christ, a non-Christian because they're not going to ultimately marry a non-Christian. And so they don't actually plan on dating for very long, you know? And so it's going to end up in breakup soon. So save yourself some trouble, you know? Or option number three is um, they know it's a something that they shouldn't, you know, date and marry a non-Christian. And that's what they say they have a conviction on, but they're willing to break it for you. And who wants, I mean, Christian or not, who wants to marry or date someone that doesn't even hold to their very own convictions, you know? Because if they say, oh, I know the Bible says I shouldn't marry a Christian, but I'm willing to do it with you. Um, then who's to say when they are married to you, they go, oh, I know the Bible says I should be faithful to my wife. What makes you think they're going to hold to that one? They didn't hold to one of the other convictions. And so save you, save you some trouble. If you're a non-Christian, you know, date a non-Christian. And if you're, you know, don't, don't date a Christian. They're, it's, not, it's not healthy for you. Wouldn't it be, it'd be better in your interest and it'd be better in that person's interest to not do it. And so, you know, I'd encourage you to investigate you know, become a Christian, but you know, don't, don't do it in the context of, of dating. Um, and if you are a Christian and you aren't dating, you know, two things I'd encourage you to begin to do is one, begin to, begin to pray, begin to ask God to, um, make it clear if there's a, you know, a sharp Christian guy or girl that you could begin to date. And then second, begin, continue to be walking with God, um, and looking as you're walking with God and you're trying to be a disciple, make disciples, Begin to look around and see, are there any girls, you know, if you're a guy or guys, if you're a girl that I'm, you know, I'm attracted to that, that's, that they're kind of doing that same thing, you know, and begin to look around for that. But what I have seen be true in my life and other people's lives is God will provide, you know, someone to date in the, in stride with really walk with him. Not as you hit the pause button and go, okay, God, I need to stop like the whole walking with you, making disciples. I got to get a girlfriend, <laughs> you know? And then once I do that, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to start, you know, walking there again. No, that's not how God operates. He tends to provide in stride as you walk with him in obedience. Um, so something to be thinking about as you're, um, as you're looking on who to date there. Um, you know, for me, there was a, there was a girl, uh, my freshman year, right before I started dating Katie, actually, uh, there was a girl in my English class. Um, she was a setter on the volleyball team at OU um, she was starting setter there and, uh, her name was Julie and she was attractive and, uh, I like sports and, uh, um, and you know, I only, now I only hold, overheard a few little bits and conversations here and there. Again, people can talk to you a good game, but that's, that's different. But she was talking about, oh yeah, I'm a Christian and like, you know, mission trips and all this other kind of stuff. And I just remember like cute Christian mission trip sounds good, you know? And, uh, I was only 18. So I like asked her on a day. I was like, well, you know. Let's test this out. And, um, but it became pretty apparent, uh, even just on our first date. And as we get to know each other, I was like, hmm, um, yeah, I don't think she's, we have us, we're going a similar direction. <laughs> you know, that just uh, is not, uh, she seems like she's not really 
uh, not that I was acting like I was better than her, but I was like, she's, I don't think she's really wanting to walk with God as I look at some of her, what she's saying and doing this and that. Um, and so that was the only date we went on. And over the next several years, you know, and not that we really hung out, but like via just being friends on Facebook and this and that and hearing from circles, I began to kind of see the direction her life went and our lives really did go two very different directions. And so, you know, luckily I had been taught some of these things earlier on that I was like, yeah, that's not a, that's not an avenue I want to go, go up, you know, just cause she, she's heard of Jesus before. Is that good enough? No. I mean, it's hard enough to walk with God if you're dating someone and married to someone who is walking with God. It's really hard to do if you're not, you know, dating someone that's walking with God. Um, so the one, one other thing I would just say is the, um, if you're, if you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm having some issues in life, you know, in different areas of life, or I'm having, you know, uh, issues in my walk with God, like maybe a boyfriend or girlfriend will help solve that. No, they, they really will. I mean, like, um, that kind of goes under the, the flag of what a lot of people go on our culture today of sort of the right person myth, you know, you know, I'm basically the right person myth goes something like, you know, when I find the right person, it'll all work out, you know, but the reality is there's two big reasons the right person myth is actually a myth. One, um, even if you find that person, um, they're never gonna meet all the needs in your life, no matter how good they are, that only God was intended to meet. I mean, and you'll, you'll squeeze them dry and with expectations and they'll never measure up and it'll be frustrating for you and it'll be frustrating for them. Um, but the second big reason is if you find that person, are they even gonna wanna date you? You know, um, are they even going to want to date a person like that? You know, a, a, a 10 horsepower kind of girl is not going to want to date a four horsepower kind of guy. I mean, that's just the reality of how it is and vice versa. And so part of the part of the problem with this right person myth is it puts the burden on proof like you see in Hollywood movies of, man, um, if I'm person A, you know, I don't need to worry about trying to work on who I'm becoming. I just need to find the right person B. And when I do, it'll all work out. But the reality is that's just not how, how life works. And so that leads to the sixth and final question that I have for you guys is, you know, not only are you looking for, you know, certain qualities in a, in a person that you want to date, but are you the person that the person you are looking for is looking for? Are you the person that the person you are looking for is looking for? Because see, if you find Mr. and Mrs. Wright, but you haven't been working to become Mr. and Mrs. Wright, they may not be interested in you. You know, and you're like, but my mom says I'm special. Your mom probably does. But that person will probably not want to date you. Why? Because, so think about it. If you're a sharp girl that's really getting after walking God and trying to um, follow him in different areas, and then you have some random guy just come up that's, all they've been doing is just trying to find their perfect list of a girl, but they haven't been working to really walk with God. Are you going to want to date that kind of guy? Probably not. And And vice versa with girls and guys. So, I'd encourage you, like, th those are some kind of before you begin to date kind of things um, that I would encourage you. Have some answers to these questions and begin to pursue some of these things so that when you begin to move into dating, you're, you're in a better spot. So Katie's going to begin to talk about, okay, now beginning to date, you know. Yes. Yeah. And I would add, too, like, Jeremy and I are really, really different. Like, we have some different interests. We definitely have different abilities. Um, and, <laughs> but like we have like the same goals and like what we esteem or what we highly value is really, really similar. 
So you do not have to find somebody that is a carbon copy of yourself. It's good to compliment one another. So I yeah, if you're exactly like the person you're dating, one of you is, is unnecessary. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> you don't want to find an exact replica of yourself. Yeah. It's good to compliment one another. So on um, when you're starting to date, so we're going to use a fishing analogy here. I don't really fish, so it's kind of funny that I'm using this analogy. But apparently when you fish, um, you want to use a certain kind of bait to attract a certain kind of fish. So the same would be true of, of dating. So depending on what kind of bait you're using is going to determine what kind of um, a person that, that's going to, you're going to attract. So, um, and, and along with the fishing analogy for guys, I, I'm, I'm gonna be speaking some to girls, mainly to girls here, but for guys, fish with only one pole, please. Um, like, don't do, oh, Susie canceled, so maybe Jane's free tonight. Like, that's not respectful. Like, just one pole, please. Or flirt in five different directions, see who bites, and then you go, okay, I'm gonna ask that girl out. Really? Yeah. That was your determination? She's breathing, she's interested, <laughs> you know. She has a pulse. So, um, but for women, um, I mean, for guys too, but I think especially for women. So the way you present yourself will determine the kind of person you attract. How we present ourselves often based on just how we view ourselves, um, and I think, um, or, or how we see ourselves and who we think we are. But I think the question to ask is, who does God say that I am? And um, does God say that I'm a commodity, or does God say I'm I'm precious? Does God say I'm of high value? Um, it's really easy as women to use to use our looks, and I'm I'm guilty of this as the the only tool to attract a guy instead of really developing our minds, developing our character, um, growing our love for God and his people. And it's easy to use the visual tool because it will work. It, we will attract a lot of guys because guys are very visual. It may not attract the kind of guys that you really want to date. Um, so um, instead, I think just giving thought to, to how you present yourself how you dress, the kind of things you celebrate or you talk about, um, those all kind of go hand in hand with how you, how you present yourself. And just knowing that you are worth far more in God's eyes, you bring so much more to the table than just your body and your looks. Um, so it's really important to think about the message you send with just how you, how you dress, how you relate physically, how you relate to guys in general. Um, and then if you, if you think of yourself as a commodity, you're going to attract the kind of guy that's going to think of you as a commodity. Um, whereas a, a real man who, who loves God, respects women, and will treat you rightly, they were, they're going to be attracted to a woman who also respects herself and will present herself as that. Um, so that's my, my word on that for, yeah, for women. That's true. And, you know, for guys, um, you don't want to relate in such a way that you treat yourself as a commodity either. But I think a bigger thing for you as you're, um, that's going to impact as you begin a date is your perspective is really shaping your perspective on how you view women. Um, for instance, do you, do you see them as the pinnacle of God's creation or do you see them as just, you know, eye candy? You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I don't have anything to prove this, but, uh, just as you follow the flow of creation, um, once God created, I mean, he created something and then he said, that's good, that's good. And he's kept creating. He stopped at Eve because I think he thought, well, you can't top that. You know, <laughs> it's just kind of after that, you know, things continued to grow, but nothing new got created at that point. 
Uh, just a thought. Um, but um, which is why girls smell better. See, guys were made out of dirt. Girls were made out of flesh. You know. Um, <laughs> but do you see? You know, do you see them as the pinnacle of God's creation, or do you see them as just I can? You know, um, do you see them as God's daughters, or just as you know uh, a means to an end? Um, you know, a bit, you want to begin to shape your mind to really begin to have more of a biblical view of women um, and how to treat them. One of one of the common pervasive things in our culture today is that, you know, men are kind of, um, and you see all the time in the news, is men are kind of predators and women are sort of prey. Um, and that's just kind of the way, you know, that dynamic works a lot of times. But actually, when you look in the scriptures, you see that men actually are called to be protectors and providers. They're not called to be predators. And so they actually are, they, they leverage their strength to actually protect, to take care of, not to take advantage of. Um, and when you begin to see your, see women rightly in that view, and one of the things you see over in Titus 2, by the way, um, is, was it Titus 1 Timothy 5? You and I were talking about that, Josh. Uh, about treating older women. It's Titus, right? First Timothy. First Timothy. Yeah, First Timothy. There you go. Josh knows it better than me. But, um, but over in First Timothy, there's, if you read that, it talks, he's talking to the men about how to view women. And basically, one of the things you see in scriptures, there's about three categories of ways you can view women. You know, it says, older women, treat them like mothers. Younger women, or women your own age, you know, treat them like sisters. And then, of course, there is, that special person who ends up being your spouse one day. But notice there's not a fourth category, friends with benefits slash eye candy. It's like, no, I mean, you treat, if you're dating someone, you still treat them like you would a sister in Christ and you relate to them with honor, but you don't get any of those benefits, you know, until you're married to them. And so we, we have to take away that fourth category a lot of times that the culture tends to view of women. And guys, if you will begin to view women this way, you become part of a very select, smaller category of men that women actually want to date. And that's a good thing, you know, because, um, again, you also attract a certain kind of girl as a result of that, too. And it'll be girls that probably are wanting a guy like that, you know. And so um, that works well in your favor and it works well in the favor of the girls you're relating to as well. Um, so, all right. Beginning to move to how to date here a little bit. And then um, we're going to talk about this a bit. And then we'll, we'll wrap up for, for questions and stuff. Uh, you know, a common, a common angle of approach that a lot of times guys and girls tend to have, um, and you may not have ever voiced it in this way, but, you know, you probably see it and how they approach dating is basically just kind of ask the question like, what do I want? You know, or what does she want? You know, and then that just kind of, you know, settles how we approach, how we date, um, and what we say, when we do, how we act, all that kind of stuff. But I would encourage you to change that angle of approach to looking at it more from a, um, a biblical standpoint. And really two angles I would begin to approach it from. One is from the angle of, you know, what would actually really glorify God and bring honor to him? Asking yourself, what would glorify God and what would bring honor to him? First uh, Corinthians 1031 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You know, this is a better angle than just um, asking, you know, what do I want? Or 
did God command it? You know, because if I can't find the specific verse on the thing I'm asking about, you know, oh, it creates a lot of gray areas, you know, all that kind of stuff. But see, when you ask a question like, would that really honor God and glorify him? Suddenly a lot of gray areas get become very ungray. And you go, oh, I definitely know the answer to that. <laughs> you know, why did I ask that question? You know, um, but it's, it's really a clarifying question to ask, you know, would this really honor God? Would this really glorify him and the way we're dating? And then I think a second angle is asking the question, uh, what would be in the best interest of the person I'm dating? What would be in the best interest of the person I'm dating? Um, you know, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Now, notice what Paul says here. He's saying in verse 4, he's basically saying, you know, each of you should look not only to your own interest, meaning I know you're going to look to your own interest. I know you're going to be asking the question, what do I want? But as you're doing that, also consider what would be in the best interest of the person you're dating. Um, so those are two angles of approach. Now, how that gets kind of flushed out, um, there's two big, I would say that in the Bible, there's two big ways of relating to one another that are kind of shown over and over again to be both honoring to God and in the best interest of others. And by the way, those two questions are not like mutually exclusive. I mean, really, you could just have the overarching question of what would honor God and glorify him because that's always going to be tethered to what's in the best interest of the person you're dating. But it's helpful to ask the second question too, just as a, you know, a clarification of sorts. Um, but two big ways you see in scriptures that you can really um, both honor God and put things in the best interest of the person you're dating is through encouraging one another and then through challenging one another. Encouraging one another and challenging one another. Uh, Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Uh, two, two ways you can really encourage one another that we found to be helpful over the years uh, is with your words and with, your, with acts of kindness. Encourage one another with your words and with acts of kindness. Um, it may be, you know, picking up their favorite snack during a, a, a busy season or something like that. I remember one time Katie... Uh, one semester, I, I had a really busy work week uh, during finals week um, with my job and with finals and stuff like that. And she woke up early one morning on a day she didn't have to wake up early because she didn't have finals that day and like made me, you know, cinnamon rolls from scratch and made me, or at least them, I thought they were scratch, maybe they weren't. Maybe they can't cinnamon rolls. And she yeah, made me like yeah, eggs yeah. and juice and all that stuff. And she like drove over to my dorm and like gave it to me early one morning to eat. And I mean, I could have proposed her on the spot right then. And like, it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, but she did that or with words, like we would, um, you know, text each other or, uh, or write notes to each other, just words of encouragement. And, you know, I'd slide it under her dorm door, or put it on her windshield of her car or stuff like that. Or we just write different notes to each other. And we have a box at home full of just all sorts of notes that we wrote to each other or, um, things we, we're praying for each other about things that we had, you know, read in God's word, just, just timely words of encouragement that were really helpful um, throughout dating and stuff. Um, and then looking, the other thing, looking to encourage them, but also then looking to challenge each other. Um, when I would talk to Katie about things that she was learning in her quiet times or just notice a consistency of her time alone with God, that challenged me to want to continue to be doing that myself. Um, or when she would see, you know, how hard I was working 
you know, at my job at the cafeteria and stuff like that, she, that would really challenge her to work hard in the things that she was doing. Um, and so as we both sought to really maintain good friendships with peers and intentionally getting around older, you know, students and staff that could really build into us and friends that could walk alongside us, that really also helped us to really challenge each other um, to maintain those areas of our own life as well. Um, so those are a couple ways to be encouraging each other and then looking to challenge each other. Yeah, and also we just really, we had fun. We, we went oh, yeah. on adventures, we made memories. Um, when I wasn't getting us lost, which I did <laughs> on the majority of our dates. Yeah. Out, yeah. um, I think, I mean, Jeremy really did a great job of planning out some really fun dates. Um, I mean, there were certainly times where we just were like, we've got to study. So we would just go to the study lounge and we would do some studying. But sometimes um, he would also like make plans for a really fun date. We did group dates. I think one of my favorite things was just getting together with other couples, which I still really love um, doing that. That's one of my personal favorites. But I think just learning to take God more seriously and yourself less seriously. Yeah. Um, it's just a great way to just have fun. It doesn't you don't. We didn't have to compromise on anything with that. It was, we were really enjoying each other and it was a ton of fun. So yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. And honestly, yeah, that, that is really important instead of just learn to take God more seriously and yourself less seriously, you know, then, and when you mess up, you know, fess up and get it cleaned up. I mean, if you do that, not only will you be trying to walk with God closer, but it allows you to kind of breathe and just to be, you know, open and honest with your friends and with God about how things are going. You don't have to put on this facade of, nope, we're the perfect dating couple. We've never had an issue in our life. And it's like, you know, don't take yourself so seriously, but take God seriously. And that'll allow you to be more teachable and humble than just honestly have a better relationship overall. Um, you know, some, some, a couple of other things I, I want you know say at, as it relates to just how, how you're dating um, as you go about dating. One, your number one priority before you start dating ought to be the same number one priority when you start dating as it ought to be day one if you get married. And that's to walk with God personally. You know, it's not like, well, God, sorry. I mean, it was really fun, but I got a date now. So I'm going to have to pause walking with you. And it's like, no, that ought to be consistent all the way through. Um, I remember one time Katie and I had been dating for a couple of, uh, maybe about a year and a half. I think we were actually at a spring break conference like this uh, in Gloria, New Mexico. And um, and we had had a conversation like this, I think before, but it was just a reiteration. I remember this time where I was telling her, hey, you know, Katie, I don't know if God has for us to be, to get married someday. I don't know at this point if that's, if that's where he has it. But I do know if we graduate college in a couple of years and all we have to show for it is a degree and a marriage, I would consider that a wasted four years. Because I think there's a whole lot more that we would have left on the table that God wanted to do in and through our lives if we did that. And so, I mean, there were, there were people that we wanted to reach and help come to know Christ and disciple. There were people that we wanted to get around to build into us or friendships we wanted to deepen. There were things we had going on in school. I mean, we had job, we both worked jobs throughout college. And so, you know, we had a lot on our plate that God was uh, doing in and through us. And so to let those things just fall by the wayside because we love spending so much time together would have been really just unwise. And so we very much intentionally, as Katie's going to talk about, you know, a little bit just in boundaries, like um, tried to limit some of that, uh, not because we didn't enjoy each other, just because we knew we had other things going on in our lives too that we wanted to be true of us. Um, 
Men, a couple of things for you real quick I would, I would encourage you on, and this will be brief because I know, you know men sometimes have a hard time paying attention. But, um, but men, a key word here, lead. Lead. Um, men, men, you need to lead. Um, lead out in a couple of things. If you're thinking, what do I lead in in dating? Lead out in pursuing God. You know, Now, you're not discipling your girlfriend nor you have to disciple your wife, but all, you ought to be setting the pace in pursuing God. And so girls, by the way, if you, if, if, if your guy, it's hard, it's hard to lead, you know, for a guy to lead you if he's behind you. <laughs> and so if, if he's constantly, you know, not spurring you on and not challenging you in your walk with God, that ought to be a red flag for you. Um, but lead out in pursuing God. Second, lead out in getting after ministry, you know, of sharing your faith and making disciples. That ought to be something that you're setting the pace in as, as the, the leader in the dating relationship. Um, Lead out and initiating time together. You know, remember you you asked her out, or you ought to have asked her out, and so you're pursuing her. And so lead out and getting time together. Not like, well, if she wants to hang out, she'll call me. Really? Like you call her. Yeah. Set up a time to get together, um, and lead out and communicating. And I know this is difficult. We're already behind eight ball on this because girls communicate a whole lot more and a whole lot better in general than guys, but still lead out and communicate. Even if it's as much as, I know I'm not as good at this, but I know we ought to do this more, so let's talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if it's something like that. Um, and then lead out in, you know, both setting boundaries um, in different areas of your relationship and being the one that guards that. Like, it ought to be uh, very clear that, you know, when she's with you, she never has to worry about, like, are you going to push the envelope in different areas um, because she knows, nope, We've communicated on that, and you are the guard of that. You, know, you are the one that's going to make sure that that kind of gets played out. Um, and, and I would just say too, just on leading in general, and occasion share. If if for you girls, sometimes if you hear that and you think, and that kind of rubs you a little bit the wrong way, just because of the cultural Kool Aid that you that people drink for so much over the years. Um, biblical leadership is much different than the way our world talks about leadership. So if you're thinking of it from the world standpoint it can feel like it's grating because it's like, what, does he think he's better? Does he think he's smarter? Does, you know, is he more valuable? Not at all, actually. In fact, um, that the guy doesn't have to be any smarter or any better or any of that to be a leader. That's just the, the role that God has given um, guys in a relationship. And, I mean, you look in within the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, three very distinct persons, very different roles, but of equal value. You know, just because you have a different role doesn't mean you're a different value. And so, and in, in leadership, when in the scriptures, that you, what that usually means more is you have to bear more responsibility and you have to be the one that sets the pace and sacrifices first. It rarely, if ever, means you're going to have more privileges or you're going to have, um, you know, anything better as all. Well. It's really just more weight. And so when you view it from that angle, there'll probably be less of you that are pushing each other out of the way to jump into a leadership role because you think more responsibility, more sacrifice. Go ahead, you first, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, so anyway, just a little perspective on that. But. Yeah, and for um, for women, I think the the role in, you see in marriage is um, the one of following and responding. I think and dating is training ground for marriage, right? So practicing that, you know, responding to him. And if you see... Over and over and again, if he's going somewhere that you're like, I don't really want to follow him, then that might be a red flag. Um, so I think observe him a lot. Um, 
observation is really a powerful tool. Observing in different scenarios, see what kind of a leader is. Does he lead himself? How does he lead other people? Um, and not that he has to be like, you know, Captain America, but like, is he growing in that? And, um, and that can answer some questions for you in terms of being like, is he somebody that I could, I could really follow? And then um, don't, don't make the mistake of marrying someone who you would easily be tempted to, to lead, to step in and, and take the reins. Because it's really easy to do that because women are very capable. And it's easy for a guy to, to pull back into passivity and for the woman to come in and say either nag or just to step in because she has those abilities as well. And so before you get there, when you're dating, consider that. I see somebody I could follow. And following doesn't mean you're always going to agree. But um, I think you bring your brains to the table. Yeah. You bring your, your, you share. And then when there's a point of contention or where he's saying this is where we're going to go, then you say, okay, I can, I can, I can do that. And when you're dating, you're, you're, you're training yourself for that. doesn't mean you have to follow him um, in dating. Yeah. But in marriage, you are called to be a, a follower as a woman. And like Jeremy said, that is, you are, have different roles, but equal worth and equal dignity. Um, so I think, can you respect him as a leader? Um, also, like, don't play house. If you're not married yet, um, you are like working towards like seeing how this is going to fit together, how you're going to fit together, how it's going to work out. But um, yeah, you're not like um, playing house together. And um, the role is really hard for, for leaders. It's not, it takes a lot of guts to lead. Leaders really take it on the chin. So um, I think that's, it's easy for us to admire and think, wow, that's the role that I really want. But like Jeremy said, it's, it is in, in the Bible, like leader me, means sacrifice. Um, another thing I would say for, for men or women, if you've been given like an audible voice or like a, a direct vision, or you have a really strong sense that maybe, uh, of your, like your mission, um, for life. And it's really incompatible with the other person. Like, and I, I don't mean like vocation, like we have different like vocations, like Jeremy, studied business. He did business for a couple of years. I studied nursing and he went into, we did college ministry and we do that, um, together, but like we, um, have different, uh, vocations, but like our mission and our heart is the same, the same goals. And so if you feel like your, your mission or your vision for life is really incompatible, you may want to rethink, um, dating him or her. And then lastly, just holding that relationship with an open hand. Until you say, I do, it is not, um, it is not yet happened. So um, just continue to hold that with an open hand. The most important thing is your relationship with God. So don't sacrifice that um, for a relationship that has not been promised yet. So, and then um, the next thing, I need to like wrap up. So I'm gonna go yeah. through this pretty quick. Um, so for boundaries, yes, for boundaries, um, I think everybody really asked the question, or I don't know, maybe you guys are saints and you haven't, is like, how close can I get to the line of boundaries? But that's really the wrong question. So I think just going back to the questions Jeremy mentioned earlier, of what would honor God and what would be in the best interest of the person I'm dating, that will help you establish those boundaries. But um, I'll share with you guys just some of the boundaries we had while dating. You do not have to do them exactly like that. Um, you may want to adjust it. Um, first of all, we had 
time boundaries. We had really full lives when we were involved in ministry and we had school and work and family. And um, so we- Not our family. No, not our family yet, but like- Not yet. Yeah, we weren't a family yet. We were um, still dating. So so we really paced ourselves time-wise. We would maybe go on like one date a week, sometimes a date every other week, but we saw each other on uh, Thursday nights at like Challenge uh, Paradigm at our campus and um, or in group settings. And we dated for four and a half years. So it was actually really helpful that we paced ourselves and took it slowly because if we were spending all of our time together, it would have been really hard to have just self-control in that area. Um, I was trying so. to keep her honest. So you know. yeah. So and then just like what what's the rush? I think in all of these boundaries, just thinking of what's what's the rush uh, of you know, like amping it up too quickly. We also we did not go into each other's room. Like we didn't hang out in each other's rooms with the door closed. Like if we were there, it was like the door was open. Um, that just pr- protected us. Cause we're like we're not we're not saints. We don't have like perfect self control. So I just figured something as simple as like. I probably have enough self-control not to jump on her in the middle of public, you know, in a public setting. So I thought if I can just avoid us being in private settings, that'll pretty much take care of that. And so it did, you know, it was pretty, pretty simple. Um, And then we, um, we had the limit of like, we were okay with kissing, but we didn't do anything more than that. And on that note, I think, you know, when kissing starts, the talking stops. So um, Mm -hmm. it's really hard. It's really hard to like, to rev down once you've like, accelerated physically to a certain degree is really, really hard to back down. So, um, yeah, so there's no rush. Um, I waited, we had been dating five months before I kissed her and I thought I was basically a saint. Um, <laughs> but looking back, I'm like, I mean, could have waited probably even longer. It might've been healthier, but anyway, that was just for us. So, yeah. Um, we also waited a really long time to say like, I love you. Um, and that was, that was good just to kind of help keep, our relationship and perspective. And then we, we did not talk about an unpromised future. Like we didn't say, Oh, if, you know, when we're married or if we were married someday, this would, what would be really fun in our house or in our life. Um, just cause it's just easy to, to fantasize and to play scenarios about that. And that might, that's not a promised future. So, um, we really tried not to do that. Um, and then we, we prayed for each other, but we really didn't have long intimate prayers together. And um, the reason for that is that can really just knit your hearts together. And we had had friends that like struggled with some physical boundaries that were doing that. And so it's just better better to pray for each other. We did pray like at meals and maybe short prayers if there was something driving going in the on, car driving if you're going car. somewhere on a date. Yeah. yeah, but those like long extended you know prayer times we we didn't do. Um, and then uh, we shared a lot with each other, but we didn't share, like we used discretion on sharing things that were really personal. And so that was why it was so helpful to have those. Um, I had some girlfriends and Jeremy had some guy friends that we could share those things with. And those friends were the ones that held us accountable and that we could um, could bear our burdens with us and that. So, and then again, like Jeremy said, if you mess up, clear it up, um, get some help. Yeah. And, um, and then just asking what's, what's the rush? on that. Um. Cause here's the deal, you know, if you, whether it's time, uh, the time boundaries, physical boundaries, sharing boundaries, if you get married to the person, you're gonna have the whole rest of your life to share and be physical and spend time together. And then, or if it ends in a breakup, you'll be glad that you didn't spend way more time or get way more physical or share way more than you would have preferred to share just with your spouse. 
So I, again, it's like, what's the rush? You got time. <laughs> you got time. When, either way, it's going to be in your benefit. So there's more we could share, but we want to stop right there to um, just take questions on things that we shared or you're like, yeah, that's good. I had a totally separate question altogether. And that's fine. So we want to fill those questions. Um, go ahead. Just, yeah. Yeah, so uh, thank you so much for sharing with you guys. Then, yeah, thanks. Yeah. One question that happens about, like, kind of like, the, even like the, the meaning or like the use of dating in the first place. Mm -hmm. like, what is, like, you guys said that, like, you weren't, like, ready to marry each other, like, when you were, like, only a little bit into the dating, like, like, yet, right? So, like, what are the things that you're trying to find out uh, in dating before you get married? Like, what occurs in dating to get you to that point where you say that you're ready to marry somebody? Mm. Uh, and, like, I'll just, like, how to say patient in that process? Yeah, so for the purpose of recording, uh, the question being, you know, and if you guys didn't hear them, like, what are things you're looking for to see if it's something that should go towards marriage or not? Um, that's part of it is the reality is you're, you're going to know someone a little bit enough to, you know, ask them out, but you're not going to know a ton about them. So part of it is just getting to know a person in dating and figuring out, man, do I really do our personalities go well together? Do we, um, are we compatible in that? Do we enjoy time together? I mean, there's some people who are like, God, as little time as I have to spend with them, that would be preferable. You know, it's like, but I will spend time with them if I have to. Um, but that you don't want that to be the case in dating. And then one of the other things we looked at in dating, especially as we, the longer we did, is we wanted to look at, you know, not only are we compatible and do we enjoy each other, but our giftings and wirings and um, the context in which we want to be going about making disciples similar or not, um, that's something you want to be kind of looking for. So for instance, for me, I, re I really um, am a little faster pace. I like, I didn't really see myself in like small town America doing my life there. I wanted to be in a bigger city like LA. I wanted, um, and I even thought, you know, didn't know at the time in college about that college ministry could be my future. It may not be. And so um, that was something I was kind of looking for. I even brought up with Katie at one point, like, hey, I don't know if we're going to get married someday. And I'm not even sure if I'll go into college ministry, but I could see God potentially having that in my future. So something for you to be thinking about is, would you ever want to be married to someone that was a full-time college ministry? Because if that's like, no, I want to walk with God, but I want to marry someone in business or something like that. It's like, that's a, because being married to a full-time person in ministry is a different life. And so I thought, hey, I want to, I wanted you to be as you know aware as possible. So and kind of seeing, did she have the pace and desire to be doing something like in a bigger city, or was she thinking, no, I want to make disciples in small town Oklahoma? I think, well, that's great. Probably do it with someone else, you know, but it wasn't going to be me. And so, um, so those are some of the things you want to be like, do your giftings and wirings and that kind of stuff uh, match up more. And with the patience, I think it's just take it slow. That'll help you be patient. But yeah, Madeline and then Matt. Um, how did you realize individually that God can be two together better for his kingdom than mm. rather than Do you want to speak to that first? Sure. Um, yeah. So I, the question we, being, how did we know? How did we know um, that, that God had, that God had for us individually? The, yeah, for one another to be married. Um, that was a roundabout way of saying that. So um, I think, I mean, it was a growing process for me of like just seeing little bits God revealing some like us continuing to be around each other in different scenarios um like I said we were, were really different so it wasn't like 
oh, we just like always want to like go to the same kind of events or like do the same, do things in the same way. Um, but I think like I had seen his faithfulness. I had seen that he was committed to Jesus and, um, I knew that he was like his, his life, he was going to pursue like God and he was going to make disciples no matter what. And, um, and we really enjoyed each other and I felt like we could work well together. We really loved people. And, um, like I, I didn't know at the time if I was going to go and be a nurse full time or he had talked about even like going overseas at some point. And I think at, at one point it was like, um, I knew I had kind of knew that if he proposed to me, I, I was like, I felt like I had the green light to say yes. And it wasn't like a, I didn't have an audible voice or like the super clear, like, I don't know, angelic moment where like, I just knew all of a sudden, but it was like, there was this growing level of trust where I was like, I think this is where God is leading. And I think it makes sense. And we work well, seem to work well together, seem to, to like, like serving others and she was, so. she was ready to get married a lot faster than I was. Yeah. So, so I was uh, like, she yeah, had, was she, had she was ready for the green light, like about a year and a half into dating. And then we dated four and a half years. So, um, but, uh, I found out later on, I didn't know at the time, but I was like, yeah. Oh, interesting. I also kept my cards close. To yeah. That's right. Um, I think for me, like one of the things was, um, in addition to that, um, was I had to really kind of, uh, decide like I knew I I knew I loved her I knew I was enjoyed her um but really figuring out does this is she the best partner for me in uh in marriage and that was where beginning to observe more of like do our giftings and wirings make sense together like yes we're compatible and we enjoy each other but I could be I could be compatible and enjoy a lot of girls you know but do we are our, do our wiring work well together um and does she kind of want to do ministry in the context and way that I think God's leading me to do that. Um, and then I think one of the things, um, I began to, I began to get a lot of input and wise counsel from people that knew us well, both, which is again, why it's a good idea, not just to have a totally private dating relationship. Cause people are like, I have no idea what you guys are like together and stuff. And, um, so people that were building to her, building to me that knew us both. And I didn't really get at all any, uh, like anyone that had a red flag, they're like, ah, I don't think that'd be a good idea. And then I had to kind of also settle for myself. Like, you know, I wasn't just marrying her, but like there's a whole side of the family that would be like now related to. And so, you know, thinking in the context of that, like, was that, um, was I good with that? And, um, and vice versa and stuff. And so I, I never, for me, I was kind of wanting God to give me a, you know, uh, a verse that said like, you know, that I would, Oh, that's my promise that God wants me to marry this girl. I had heard different people that I, you know, respected mentors. God gave them different verses on key things. I was like, God, he's never led that with me in my entire life on any major decision, you know, instead, I think he's probably worked more through my personality and, um, his word of, I am a good fact gatherer. I am a good, uh, getting, um, weighing things and getting wise counsel and looking at all the ramifications and, looking at his word on that. And really what it finally came down to is I had been steadily praying and asking God for clarity in this and getting wise counsel for months for most of our senior year. And it kind of came to the point that I felt like I was like, God, um, you're not playing hide and seek here. I feel like I'm really trying to keep this with an open hand and get your input. If you wanted to raise a red flag at this point, I think you very well could have. But so I'm kind of moving forward now that, um, your lack of red flag being raised and my desire to want to move forward on this and all the wise counsel saying it'd be a good idea 
is probably the green light for this. But if I miss something, God, you're welcome to, you know, let me know that. And so I kind of moved forward at that point that I'm going to propose to her and, and get engaged. But even to the point, you know, the, the morning of our marriage, and I got up, had my quiet time, went and washed my car before I went to, you know, get all that kind of stuff before, uh, hey, it was the driveway car. You know, I didn't have a limo. So um, <laughs> that'd be clean. And um, before I went to the, you know, church where we're getting married and stuff like that, I was praying, I was like, God, this would be really awkward. But if you want me to end it today, if I miss something, you know, but after today, it's in. You know, it's yeah, we're, we're married, you know, if that stuff. And so, um, but, so I just try to keep it with a hand, but really, that was kind of how I went making the decision. So, Matt, what were you going to ask? Yeah, so when you are dating um, and you're talking about your giftings and your mission, how do you protect yourself from going into that fantasy land? You're talking about it like kind of imagining your entire life together to both like guard your own heart, but also not have your expectations perfect in your relationship. Yeah, I, um, I don't think we really talked a lot about like um, a ton of how our lives will look in the future with this, but it was more, a lot of it was just observation. Like I just observed. And so like, does she have the ability to um, relate to a variety of women and people, or does she kind of just focus on herself or focus on this? You know, does she have high energy? Like obviously <clears throat> if you know her and you know me, um, I have just higher energy capacity than her um, and just, like being around people more in general, being an extrovert and stuff like that. But does she, uh, you know, same time push past that when it's necessary because she has a clear vision of like, we're trying to make disciples and walk with Jesus stuff. And so I just began to kind of observe some of that. And then just, we talk about like, you know, how do you, what do you think some different giftings are, wirings? And we talk about that just in getting to know each other. But I was always kind of dialing that in the file of like, how does this fit with my future and how that lines up with me? and stuff like that, but not really like, oh good, because seeing a wife, Kitty, what I was really wanting was this. So I'm glad that you checked that box. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that so much as like, I know this in my back of my head and we're talking and you know each other more in that sense, so. Yeah, and we didn't like talk about like specifics. So I think it was like, it was one thing to say like, like I could see down the road, like um, this form of work could be really like satisfying or like life giving or this could be some, interest that God's given me that I want to pursue or, um, but we didn't say like, I want to be living in like a, a three bedroom house with a, you know, white picket fence and two, and a, half two and a half kids and sucks for that dog second and a half cat and like, um, and yeah, and just like really like specifically envisioning those things. It's like, I think that was something we really tried not to do. And yeah, and just continuing just to hold it with an open hand. Like it's so, it's okay to probably generally talk. And we did talk that. about more of that, the longer we had dated, but it wasn't like day two. So, yeah. you know, it was yeah. like, you know, as we progress Where more and more. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> I hate that question. Um, it was Isaiah or Bernifka? I can't, which one of you guys? Isaiah. Yeah. And then I know you had raised your hand earlier in the back. So. Yeah, it's kind of similar. I think I had two questions, but I was going to ask about, um, you, you talk about keeping like your cards like close to your chest and things like that. I was going to ask like, how do you like kind of have those like, like that vulnerability to like get to know somebody like um, better over like the years while you're like kind of keeping, you know, certain things like to yourself. Like, I think I, in my head it kind of seems like you're like not being completely honest, like even though there's like discretion, like, mm -hmm. like I guess it's kind of like how do you balance that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, 
I, it's, discretion is different than deceit. Um, deceit would be like, this is something you probably need to know, uh, but I'm gonna lie about it and not tell it. Discretion is more like, is this something that's true? Yeah, do you need to know it yet? Probably not, you know? And so, um, so more of what I was trying to, like when I would be, have more discretion, it was more about, I didn't want to um, share things that need, that she, that really only, you know, probably someone I was gonna marry needed to know or, um, or sharing things that would get her kind of stirred up into thinking that I am gonna pop the question or propose to her when I actually had no clear green light on that yet. Cause then I would be kind of arousing an expectation that I hadn't got a green light from God that I could fulfill yet. And so, um, so it was more of that kind of stuff. And so like an example might be, um, I might, I might talk about, I could talk about, man, but one of the things I would love to be true of my future um, and walking with God is X, Y, and Z versus being like, you know, Katie, in five years, I think it's going to be so cool when you and I are doing, she's like, oh, you see yourselves five years from now. And it's like, well, I had no idea. I mean, yeah, sure. I love that, but I had no green light. So I tried not to talk of the future in terms of, you know, you know, when we're married and have kids, which, you know, hey, someday, but when we're married and have kids, we're going to, you know, kind of like that kind of stuff. That was more of a thing. Not like, um, you know, she couldn't get to know me and I couldn't share things that were going on in my life. Not that kind like, of stuff. Like I knew though. he wanted kids. So, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know that he was like wanting kids with me. And like, we didn't talk about that specifically, like what our married life could look like. But we know generally like some of our like desires that would be safe to share, you know, that wouldn't be things that only a spouse should know, I guess. Or, or those like kind of close friends that you're like, yeah, well, they should be probably the ones I should be sharing this with versus like the person I'm dating. Yeah, and it's not it's not a clear cut line. That's where you kind of you get wisdom and input along the yeah. way. That's where it's good to have wise counsel. Like, hey, is this something that'd be worth sharing or not? You know, and stuff. And it's really a case by case basis. Honestly, in hindsight, some of the the desire to propose to her, I probably kept that a little too close to the chest. Like the fact that she was so utterly surprised when I proposed to her, <laughs> it's probably a little odd. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, but that was just you know, I was rather safe than sorry, I suppose. But um, did you have? Who is, oh, back there in the back, yeah. Um, Sorry, what's your name? Uh, Mason. Mason, all right. Go ahead, Mason. Um, so earlier you were talking about, like, a little bit about, like, how you, you didn't want to be, like, you were running your relationship with God, and you just said, see you later, God, I'm going to start dating now. Yeah. So, like, as a believer, intellectually, I know, like, I need to keep God first, but the heart can be deceitful. So, like, how can I tell in my life when I'm, idolizing dating over God and if that's true of my life how can I stop that from happening that's a good question how do you how can you tell if you're idolizing dating over God and how do you practically tell it uh, Katie might have some thoughts too but one thing I would just share is um, the responsibilities and priorities that were in your life before dating ought to still be there when you are dating now, granted, are you going to have a little less time for everything when you add a relationship in? Yeah, you only got 24 hours a day, and now you're putting a new rock in your schedule. But, um, you know, you're getting to know God through things like quiet time and prayer. Uh, that shouldn't come out of your schedule because you're dating. You know, um, doing well in school 
and honoring God through that, that shouldn't come out of your schedule. Um, seeking to have people build into you and mentors and scheduling time for that and being a part of community, those shouldn't come out of your schedule. And seeking to build into some younger men and women shouldn't come out of your schedule. But when, when you start saying no to those things in your schedule with the excuse of, sorry, I'm dating, sorry, I'm dating, sorry, I'm dating, it's gonna slowly creep up the priority lists of things and stuff like that. Now, can you maybe do as much of those activities as someone that is, you know, totally single and nothing at all? Well, no, probably not, but they ought to still be in your life, you know? And so um, I think that's a just a practical way you can tell. So that, would you add anything to that? Or? Yeah, I would agree. I think when we first start, started dating um, for a long time, like I was really worried at the fact that like, I was constantly thinking about Jeremy. I was like, this doesn't seem healthy. And I think Jeremy's even said this too. Yeah. It's like, is there something wrong? Like, am I not holding this with, in a, with an open hand or, um, and so, and I think it helped that we were not always together. I think it would have been really, really hard to control my thoughts and desires if it was just like we were spending every waking moment with one another. Um, so that helped a lot. Um, and just like not just bringing up and, uh, rousing those feelings just too soon. I think just being careful about the things that we, we talked about and what we said to one another, that helped a lot. But it, I mean, it's hard. But I think just continuing in your quiet time to just hold that before God and um, getting in his word and saying, this is yours. <laughs> like, take it if you want to. Like, you come first. There are there are some things in life too you guys realize, you know, uh, when there's some things that you need and you want in your life, but you, but you don't really want to do them. You kind of have to set like minimums, right? Like I, like if you're like, Oh, I don't want to go to the gym, but I probably should. All right. I'm going to go to the gym at least two days a week. You know, you have to set minimums, but then there's other things in your life that you really enjoy, but you know, if you have it too much in your life, then you have to set maximums. Like I love ice cream, but I can only have it six days a week. No, um, uh, you know, and so, and so like dating, if you enjoy the person you're dating, which would be weird if you don't, you know, dating is kind of one of those where you don't really have to set minimums. Like, I know we hate each other, but we ought to hang out at least an hour and a half a week, you know, kind of thing. But it's more of a maximum thing. Like, hey, honestly, I could give you every spare waking moment that I'm not in class or doing something else. But that would probably not be wise and helpful. So let's set some limits, you know, generally speaking. You don't have to be a hard and fast, like, sorry, I know you said your mom just died, but time's over, you know? It's like, you know, we go home, you know? No, I mean, it's it's like, within reason, but to have some guidelines, like, we're, this is gonna be kind of the guideline of, we, we set some maximums around that, so we're making sure we're prioritizing other things in our life, too. Yeah, um, Luke, you had one. Yeah. Um, Sorry, did it? I didn't look over here. If you've been raising your hand over here, just be louder. Vector, right, we'll come to you. Like, what can you guys transfer from dating to marry, and how can I find a good time? Say that again. So how can you transfer a relationship from dating to marry? And how can I find a good timing? I think you transfer from when you say I do. Um, and so uh, you propose and then you get married. Um, and shorter engagements are always better. Uh, <laughs> don't have a long engagement, just date longer, but don't have a long engagement. Um, but in terms of the timing of that, uh, I think you need to be able to, um, along kind of the things we've already referred to some already, but I think you also need to um, be at a place that you can financially uh, take care of and 
you know, be your own household. If you're still having to rely on like, you know, mom and dad for finances, you're not ready f- to be married yet, you know? And so I think you ought to be in a place that you can, you know, do that independently. So, and there, there's probably more to that vector, but that's just a little bit initially. Luke, and then maybe we got time for two more questions. So Luke, Kyle, and then if there's one more, go ahead, Luke. Sure. Um, so I was just curious, uh, like how you each begin to develop your own mission and vision for what your life would look like. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say mine was was pretty vague. Like I knew that going into college that I really wanted to like I really cared about meeting physical needs with people. Like that's kind of what drew me into nursing. Like I loved taking care of people when they were like weak, couldn't take care of themselves. Um that I had a heart for that. Um and then along with that like a growing desire to like make disciples and that that became that really became the priority. I knew like my, like being a nurse was like a context for that. Um, and yeah, outside of that, it was still pretty general. I mean, we got married a year out of college. So then we were kind of growing up and kind of forming that together. Um, yeah. But I knew like he had men- mentioned and said like, you know, I'm thinking I could go, possibly go into college ministry, possibly in a big city. Is that something that would be a, a deal breaker for you? Yeah. And so I had to, you know, be honest and consider that and tell him that that I would actually be really good with that. So, and I kind of had a had a feeling that I didn't want to live in a small town, and like I, I had a feeling that I wanted to be in more um, uh, do ministry and maybe uh, college ministry could be really good. It was like so helpful for me as a college student. So like I knew I had a heart for doing that as well. So it was just kind of a a vague thing, but I think we formed that some two together as like the more we we dated, it was growing closer together. Yeah, I mean, it for me, Luke, it, it really only went, um, like, God's never really given me years out. I don't think he does with many people, like, uh, the plan. It was just kind of, like, faithfully walk with them the next step. It's like, I knew I was in college. I needed to really honor God with my studies and get to know him and make disciples. So I did that. And then, you know, kind of did that in the context of business for a couple of years. And then eventually God, you know, led to do that in the context of, uh, college ministry and stuff like that in California. And so you kind of led different ways. And all this while I'm dating her and I'm trying to, you know, see, um, this is how God's leading me. Is she wanting to go in that similar direction? Because I want her to walk with God, but if I'm going this direction, you know, and she's wanting to go that too, then that might work. But if God's leading her a different direction, then that's fine. It just means we probably won't be married, but we're not going to, you know, if she's thinking like, God's called me to be overseas, it's like, well, he hasn't me. So it's clear that God's not called us to be married, you know, or at least if that was the, like a scenario, you know, something like that. So, um, Kyle, let's, we're, we'll end with Kyle because I know you guys will probably want to go to dinner. If you have other questions, feel free to ask us after or catch us. We'll be here all week um, as you guys will be. Um, but we'll just end with Kyle for the group time so you guys can, you know, skedaddle for dinner. So. Yeah, and I think you kind of touched on this a little bit um, um, in some of the answers you said, like, versus, like, kind of starting to date versus, like, knowing this is the person you want to, um, or at least having a pretty good idea this is the person you want to marry. Um, but kind of, like, um, my question is, what are some of the changes that happened, you know, a little bit deeper on or after engagement? before but still yet before 
like um, marriage. Yeah. Um, physically, our physical relationship, not much changed because we wanted to wait, you know, for all that till marriage. Time-wise, we began to spend more time together um, because we were preparing to be married, although not neglecting other things. It wasn't like, well, I guess I'm going to not make disciples when I'm engaged. Like, no, that's still a priority. So, and, and we were working jobs at that point. We were graduated. So that took up a lot of hours of our job, like commuting to work and everything. Um, and then, but probably the biggest change was in the sharing. You know, it wasn't like, well, if we get married, no, we're getting married now. Like, that's, that's the plan, short of God changes. So a lot of the boundaries of what we could share in preparation for our future kind of came off. And we could really talk a lot about more of those um, and not in a pie in the sky, but like, like whoever my husband is, it was like, no, with you, this is how, you know, and, and my wife, like this is kind of what, how we, so that we were setting ourselves up in expectations moving into marriage. So that was, you know, that was fun and, and freeing to be able to talk more openly about things like that too. So that makes sense. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. Uh, if you have other questions again, feel free to grab us and we'd love to talk to you at any point. So yeah. Thanks for listening to the spring break 2022 season of the USC Christian challenge podcast. Catch up on and review the rest of the sessions right here on all of your favorite podcast platforms and leave us a review if you'd please. Get involved and find out more about us, weekly small groups, and upcoming events like this spring break retreat on Instagram at USC Challenge and on our website, uscchristianchallenge.com.